They should test the towing capability and just put all the, the big heavies back there and just see if we can tow the whole office alignment like up a hill. Yes. It'd be awesome. That sounds so safe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Name Image Likeness Podcast, the podcast dedicated to covering the NIL world. I am Wheeler. And I am Chrissy. We serve on the NIL team at VictoryFi. VictoryFi offers software built by our team that monitors NIL compliance and provides NIL education. We also have a platform for student-athletes to create merch. Our framework platform partners with athletic departments to teach both high school and college student-athletes how to navigate the NIL world and how to manage money earned. Our Nilly.io platform is the easiest way to NIL. It allows student-athletes to build their own custom merchandise, so you can check that out at nillie.io. And our education platform is framework.io. Check it out. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, check it out, Nilly.io Framework. Uh, it's looking really good. Uh, the technology we're building it off right now, Filament PHP, has been amazing. If anybody out there likes to do programming, um, Filament is just the best way to build some new apps right now. It's just takes a lot of the legwork out of you, so you can just kind of do what you got to do. Um, shout out to the Filament team. Woo woo! Shout out to the Filament team. I'm just loving how it's progressing. We are coming out with version 2.0 for the 2024-2025 school year. Cannot wait. So it's just it's just pretty cool. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, we'll catch up uh, later on with that. And today we're actually going to be talking about what is going down between the NCAA and good old Rocky Top. Woo! Rocky Top, Tennessee. Don't tell my mom to put a woo in there. She hates the woo. A lot of people are really divided over the woo. The woo is more divisive than what I'm talking about, like what we'll be talking about today. A little background. Can you tell us about the woo and how it wasn't always there? Well, that's that's the whole story. <laughs> but like, <laughs> when did it happen? End. When did it happen? I don't know. So my mom went to the University of Tennessee. She first went to Penn State, went to Tennessee for graduate school. She says there was no woo in Rocky Top until after she graduated and she is upset and she hates now that the Vols include the woo in Rocky Top. It's a classic woo done it. (laughs) (laughs) The NCAA is looking into quarterback Nico Lamaleva about a flight that he took on a Knoxville private plane when he was being recruited. Um, But Tennessee is fighting back saying that the NCAA has violated antitrust laws. So it's head to head. We got a lot of controversy and actually in our news and facts, we're covering some of that too. The NCAA is maybe getting some teeth. They Talk are job. trying. Yeah, they're trying. And it, we'll get into that. It's so interesting. It's retroactively applied and so much more. But first, should we get into the news and facts? Let's go. So the first news and fact It is Shark Week for the NCAA, and they are attacking. The NCAA is investigating the University of Florida, so more like Gator Week, um, their alleged NIL violations. Unlike UT, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Florida has remained silent. Like we mentioned, UT is fighting back. Florida has gotten rid of its NIL director in response to this, Marcus Castor Walker, and he is involved in the NCAA investigation into the Gators football program, which centers around the recruitment of a four-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada. 
an NIL deal worth almost $14 million originally persuaded Jaden to change his commitment from Miami to Florida on November 10th of 2022. That actually came from the Gator Collective, which is no longer around. They orchestrated the contract, but ultimately um, couldn't honor the financial terms. And I remember us discussing that like a long time ago, but just making promises you can't keep. Um, you know, so, and ultimately he didn't end up going to the program. So it just became a whole mess. And now the NCAA is investigating that, but Florida is silent. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Really cool. So sticking kind of like down there in Florida. So we talked about it last week, Florida state and the NCAA have come to a resolution on agreed upon breaches that we covered in our past episodes. On January 11th, the NCAA suspended Florida state offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, for the first three games of the 2024 season for connection, uh, for, I'm sorry, for connecting a potential transfer with a representative from a collective during an official visit. The booster reported, reportedly offered the prospect $15,000. I will say I'm what one thing I'm picking up in both of these stories, we they are punishing the adults, like people from the athletic program, not the athletes, which I think is important. And that's great here because why don't ruin the players' futures? Yeah, I that, think. that's a great point. Um, it's also interesting that the difference between $15,000 and basically $15 million. million. <laughs> you know, like it's total difference of magnitude there. the same there. thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, NCAA came down on both. Mm-hmm. So these official visits, these things that they actually do have control over and a lot of say on, um, yeah, don't, don't mess with those uh, official visits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so next, Players Health says that it is introducing an insurance policy to cover losses when players transfer schools. An example scenario of this would be to protect against things like um, when a collective pays a player up front to complete NIL tasks and then asks that player to make appearances throughout the year. And then that player transfers before the full period ends. However, they're technically not breaking a contract if it's just kind of saying an at-will engagement. So however, the collective is still out of money and it's not benefiting from that athlete anymore. So that's what this insurance would cover, which is very interesting. That's kind of like a key man policy in in a big company. Yeah, super interesting. When's uh, So the player's health, oh, yeah, we're going to keep up with that because that's, uh, that's something to kind of keep up. Mm-hmm. And see how that progresses. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if every major school that has a collective does buy some type of insurance for this. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money they're throwing around. Absolutely. Cool. So the Collective Association, um, we've talked about it in the past. It currently has 32 collective members, has just named Junter Bedore from Tennessee's Spire Sports as chairman, Walker Jones from Ole Miss's Grow Collective as the vice chairman, Russell White from Encore Sports Marketing as president, and Mackenzie Mulvey, also at Spire Sports, that's out in Knoxville. They're all in the news right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ingram Smith is the executive director at FSU's The Battle End, is the secretary. And George's Matt Hibbs, Ooh, <laughs> one Matt. and only. And uh, Blueprint Sports' is Rob Signed, as well as South Carolina's Jeremy Smith as the board on directors. Very cool. Um, I That's really neat. I'm glad you brought that up just because I like Matt Hibbs. Yeah. He's, Go Matt. He's, um, on the board. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he'd find a way. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So I feel like these really are in line with our main segment. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of risk involved. I feel like that's the theme today. It's like all the risk that you take on when you're trying to get the best players attracted to your school that you can. In this new NIL landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
Shall we go to the main segment? Would you like to kind of kick us off, set the stage, tell us a little bit more? I know you've been following the story very closely. So everything started when attorneys general in Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia recently started litigation against the NCAA. They're saying that the NCAA's restrictions on NIL collectives communicating offers to high school athletes and athletes in the transfer portal should be considered unreasonable restraints on trade. Interesting. A motion for temporary restra- a temporary restraining order was filed, and this actually tries to immediately prohibit the NCAA from enforcing its rules related to what is deemed to be improper inducements to cause athletes to commit to schools. And they want this in place before National Signing Day, which is actually going to be Tuesday of this week, so the day after our episode comes out, just to kind of set the stage. Yeah, so the filing states that the NCAA cannot benefit from the fact that its rules scattered across a 437-page manual are often impenetrable, shifting, and vague. Any uncertainty or burden from that approach to governance should fall on the drafter, the NCAA, not the prospective athletes. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to read those laws and the athletes or, you know, the governing rules in the manual. And I just think it's unrealistic. We've worked with athletes with our Nilly platform, with Framework, it's unrealistic. I'm not saying they shouldn't do this, but to expect them to read that whole manual and to be familiar with what they can and can't do. And it's really, we're relying on the athletic directors and other people within the athletic department to also follow that. And they're probably also mostly relying on the compliance department to keep them. I was about to say the exact same thing. And so that conveniently, the schools are left out of this Mm -hmm. little point right there, right? The whole compliance department who has been following along with the rules of NCAA for many, many years so far. Um, yeah, now they're just kind of making it the players versus the NCAA, and mm-hmm. the schools are trying to remove themselves a little bit from any of that burden yeah. of just keeping up with this constant state of flux of knowledge going around NIL world. So super interesting. Yes, and um, also Jackson, Jackson Lampley, who is an offensive lineman for Tennessee, filed a declaration to support the state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia in their lawsuit against the NCAA. He filed his six-page declaration where he outlined how, just to kind of like nail it through, how NIL plays a role in the decisions of recruits and has helped college athletes. He's a redshirt senior, and he also says that this is how prospects should be able to communicate with collectives during the recruiting process and, again, national... uh, Signing a national letter of intent ends the negotiation window. So I just want to make sure everyone has all the information possibly available and then also have the ability to get the best deals possible. Yeah. Wow. That's such a different recruiting process. So like mm-hmm. so immediately, so fast, that whole thing has shifted. I mean, it's not a, I mean, the legacy matters, the program matters, but number one right now in a lot of the athletes' mind is what the deal is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, what's in it for you? Because that's a life-changing amount of money, especially if you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So it's super interesting. Tennessee Chancellor Dondi Plowman also had words for the NCAA regarding its attack on their recruitment practices. He said, the NCAA's allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed. Moreover, it is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA enforcement staff to pursue infraction cases as if student athletes have no NIL rights and as if institutions all have been functioning post-Alston with a clear and unchanging set of rules and willfully violating them. Well, that's interesting. And also Tennessee's governor and their athletic director 
also came to the program's defense, which I'm not surprised. We were actually just having this conversation. Um, You and I went to a wedding this past weekend, and we were talking about how when you get into the state of Alabama, everyone is so in their school colors. They've got, you know, they're wearing the hounds too. They've got, you know, everything. Obviously, nothing has to do with You conveniently left off the orange and blue. (laughs) You conveniently (laughs) left off all the orange and blue. But, you know, it's you have that pride, and Tennessee has that as well. And I'm not surprised that, like, the governor has immediately weighed in, and people really, like, love UT. They are so for the Vols. And I can totally see, like, everyone's coming to the defense of the school. So, okay, I've been kind of going through some some Reddit forums and stuff and trying to find some stuff. Yeah. And one of the most interesting kind of takes that I saw was that the NCAA knows they're not going to win these, but what they're trying to do is get this pushed up to a federal level mm-hmm. so that rules can be made across the stage. So, Which is only going to make them stronger. Yes. Well, they just want rules in place that every state has to follow. Mm-hmm. And so right now that's also really confusing is that, of course, every athlete can't keep up with these documents, these lo- like 400 pages of stuff. And every school is different mm-hmm. because your state varies widely. I mean, we have the governor going to bat for Tennessee right here. Yeah, That's that's almost unheard of. Like, it's, I mean, he's a Tennessee fan. So, um, but yeah, so they're saying that he, like the, the NCAA is really just trying to move this up fast, get some high profile stuff. Like that $15,000 inducement to Florida, that's really nothing mm-hmm. compared to some of these deals these these athletes are getting right now. But it's just in the news. And they're all SEC schools right now, um, which just has just the most hyper fans ever. Absolutely. I would be careful. I'd be not careful. I would be a little nervous if I was a collective who had offered a big deal to some of these kids because NCAA, like we're seeing here, they're going back and retroactively reviewing what went on. It's also kind of funny to think that what if the NCAA, I keep giving them too much credit. Sometimes like they're <laughs> retroactively doing it. I think they're just a slow process. Like, what if it's just taking <laughs> yeah. them this long to get to the point? Like, they, yeah, very true. They were trying. They were trying to get you in trouble, but they're just really slow. Just the cogs of the NCAA wheels. Grinding along. <laughs> and finally, like, and everybody's like, well, you can't blame us for what happened in the past. And it's like, well, we just started reviewing it yeah. back in the past. Sorry, it took know. us a while. Understaffed. So, in okay, go back to the little story. So, in the NCAA's opposition response, it stated the two states did not provide evidence of how NIL rules impact athletes or irreparable harm. The attorney general responded, making clear the irreparable harm that high school recruits face by not knowing their true NIL value while being forced to make commitment decisions. Very interesting. And I was also reading, um, that it was it's super unusual for the NCAA to actually come out with it it published a response that was outside of any kind of litigation and that's very unusual for them to do so they're trying to get a lot of attention on this and a lot of eyes yeah definitely um what do you think about that last little bit where it's on the the collectives it's on the schools to identify the worth of the athlete i mean i feel like that kind of goes against it shouldn't the athlete be setting their worth But then also, well, but then if you think about like any asset in a market, the value is determined by what the market sets. Yeah. So it's interesting that the Tennessee market could be different than, you know, a different state's market. Um, I would just wonder what those are. I mean, again, we go back to those rules like like you can't release the information in certain states and these deals are private. And so if this information is not shared publicly, how can you realistically expect Mm -hmm. an athlete to be able to know? 
their so-and-so worth mm-hmm. um, in the kind of NIL market without that data to look at. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's really where, especially if you're an athlete that's getting a $14 million deal, I would hope to God you have an agent. Hope. <laughs> and they do. I think they do. That's. The- I mean, because I think that's one mistake that athletes can make. And we have a lot of collective listeners. And like again, not saying anyone's a bad actor, but athletes should not go into the collective thinking like the collective is only thinking of them. The collective is thinking of how they're going to support. They want the best team for the athletic program they can possibly get. And you're just a piece of the puzzle and someone needs to have their interest. And that should be an agent or someone else trusted that can help you read and understand what you're getting into. And also making sure that you're following all these, this patchwork of NIL guidance and rules and regulations. And then maybe a federal law, which I can't see that happening anytime soon, but yeah, it's also interesting. Again, a lot of, a lot of news over a very small amount of athletes. Yes. Very top athletes. This is not the majority. Like you can say this as much as you want across the country. We're talking just the best athletes that are having this, you know, this controversy coming mm-hmm. up around them surrounding the recruiting process. But for the hundreds of thousands of other athletes out there, they're not, even concerned at all with this. Like it truly doesn't affect the majority of NCAA student athletes. It's just the top ones right now, which is still kind of interesting that we have to make these rules for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of tough to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you do it other than you got to stay out of the way of it. Did you read anything else in in Reddit? Any other good gossip? No, other than that, everybody's still kind of doing the same, uh, just making fun of the NCAA, making fun of how slow it is. Really all of my talking points tonight Mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. No, but they uh, they just are not certain in the direction things are going. And most people think that, you know, they're pushing super conferences. They're pushing this and that. Um, different rules for people that recruit in different, you know, tiers. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll, we'll, we're starting to kind of see consolidation with the, you know, the playoff schedule in football. Um, again, most other sports aren't seeing any of this. I mean, they get the conference realignment. They'll, they'll deal with that. But um, I don't know. Some conferences are getting stronger and some are just being completely left out. Yeah. And their athletes are not getting $15 million. No, that's very true. At <laughs> that's, all. That's very true. Uh, okay. Those are great thoughts. Any last thoughts? No, I'd just be nice. I hope the research departments at these schools, like for cancer research, are also getting the $15 million. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, okay. Well, should we go to the Nillies? Let's do it. Okay. I'll go first. Okay, Alabama A&M's Amaya Simons has an NIL deal with Snickers. Her management company, Curran Sports Entertainment, broke the news on social media, and I was checking out the pictures, and they're so cute. She just did a great job. It's just, you know, like cute little Instagram pictures of her holding Snickers and doing all that. It was just such a great, classic NIL deal. Love that. And I don't think she made $14 million. No, but you know what? But I bet she made a couple thousand. And she got Snickers. Yeah. Like, why wait? Why wait? Why wait on an NIL deal? People, go get them. Yeah. Go get it. Go get Snickers. Okay. Well, up in Wisconsin, football <laughs> offensive lineman's given a truck as part of his NIL partnership. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. I got my top potato <laughs> and my spotty cow. The Philovac <laughs> family of dealerships has given Wisconsin Badgers starting left tackle Jack Nelson a new Dodge Ram truck as part of an NIL partnership. Go Badgers. Ride goal, that truck. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Hockey. I'm surprised we don't see more hockey deals going up there. That, that's what they're known for. Them. Uh, no, Minnesota. 
Sort of. Those are the golfers. That's the golfers, <laughs> not the Badgers. Um, awesome. Uh, you know, I looked at I looked at the pictures. Yeah. And, Cute truck. And he's in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you'd imagine: a Wisconsin offensive lineman, big boy, in a big truck. Do you know what? Again, I like it. These are just like two classic, nice deals. However, again, Snickers is the best. It's, it's definitely better than the car dealership, but that is a good one. Yeah. I mean, the car dealership is good. I, if someone wants to sponsor me and give me a Dodger and truck, I'm in. They should test the towing capability and just put all the, the big heavies back there and just see if we can tow the whole office alignment like up a hill. Yes. That'd be awesome. That sounds so safe. Totally. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to learn more about Victify's platform, visit Millie.io. If you'd like to learn more about our framework compliance platform and financial literacy courses, visit VictoryFi.com. And if you'd like to learn more about our favorite recent Nillies from across the country, follow us on social media. We post a new Nilly quite often. You can follow us on Instagram at name image likeness podcast, or you can follow us in one place. You can follow our drift. Uh, we just posted a fun video. Hannah one and I did an interview for Savannah CEO. Uh, that's really fun. So go in there, check it out, learn a little bit more about our framework platform. Y'all are the best. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Take care. Name Image Likeness is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. The show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. Thanks to the team at Victory 5 for creating content for this week's episode. 